Hello again, world. Welcome to episode two of the Black and White Theology Podcast. Tyler, you said that we'd only have ten listeners last time. You were wrong. Well, that's not a shock. I'm usually wrong. True. So, shout out to our 173 downloads from last episode. Pretty good start. Wow. Not that quite, is. Not quite the world level that I was estimating, <laughs> but more than 10. Yes. I was wrong. Shout out to our 21 Twitter followers. Do you, tw- do you follow us on Twitter, Tyler? Uh, I don't know if I do. <laughs> you need to. I I try to stay off. Twitter gets me. When I go on Twitter, I get in trouble. Yeah, uh, I can see I get that. Emails, I get emails and text messages when I go on Twitter. Well, this so. this podcast is going to get me in trouble. That's that's for sure. But that's not and, always a bad thing. And maybe me fired. So Yeah. Well, you, you planted a church. It's kind of hard for you to get fired, but... Everyone You'd be surprised. Else. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> we could have had 23 Twitter followers, but I deleted the two porn, uh, you know, people <laughs> that sent them. Uh, I decided that it wasn't worth <sighs> it wasn't worth keeping them around just for the extra two, you know, bump to our followership. So. Yeah, that's probably wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> we are on Twitter at bw theology and people can also email the show bw theology at gmail yeah. yep we got a lot of feedback from last episode so that's good Any racist stuff well <laughs> prob- that's relative rel- it's relative yeah <laughs> you know it's it's interesting i was thinking about who's listening to the to this and First of all, everyone needs to know Tyler's in his car right now. It's very professional. So if you hear... I don't have an office like you do. <laughs> I don't have an office with Joyce Myers and uh, Joe Olstein books wall to wall like you do. Uh, I definitely just snorted. Or one. I definitely just snorted when I laughed there. That was good. That's always good. I don't have an office. I have I, my... Hey, I have my first we, office in 12 years, in a, okay? <laughs> Don't act Rodney like River. don't act like I'm this have this You're just not using your white privilege well. That's mega church empire. <laughs> 12 years and I finally have an office, okay? Listen, you were born with white privilege. With, That's your fault if you're just not getting an office. <laughs> That's true. We'd meet That's in an true. abandoned school attached to a <laughs> church that doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> uh, you That's either that's either 150 degrees or 15. Nice. So Shout out to Cornerstone Church, Detroit. That's right. That's right. You go there if you want to earn crowns in heaven. You know, suffer for, for Jesus. For, for real, so, for real. What I was thinking about was in this podcast, it's really two podcasts in one. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we, we talk every episode about a theological issue, and we want people to write in and ask questions about theology. We gave a pretty big preview of that last episode, and we got some questions and feedback to come in about that. But then it's also a podcast about race and race relations. And what I what I realized is some listeners are listening because they're interested in the theology part of it, and mm-hmm. the the race relations part comes on, and they might they might be thinking, 
I'm well, I'm not interested in this, or they, they they might they might be offended by it, or something like that. And then you you also have people that are interested in the race relations part of it. And w- when the theology part comes on, honestly, they they might think of us as because I I. I, I I think sometimes even we talked last episode about the political camps we get in and the left and the right and all the knee jerk, mm-hmm. the knee jerk reactions. And something I get really annoyed by in our political system is it's like you have to agree to these 1000 things if you're a Republican and you have to agree to these 1000 right. things if you're a Democrat. It's not like you can pick and choose, which doesn't seem like freedom to me uh, at all. Right. But it seems like. Often those in the secular world that are interested in race relations and racial reconciliation, which is a very biblical topic, they sometimes can not hey, all. Hey, buddy, the, stick to the gospel. Stick right. To the gospel. They, 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 right, right. Stick yeah, the that's the stick other the side of it. The other side said, don't talk about that because you got to stick to the gospel. But then the secular folks that like to talk about those things or who are active in race relations or even the Christian folks who are active often don't want you talking about truth in theology that someone's actually right and someone's actually wrong <laughs> so what i realized is we're going to offend everyone on this podcast so yes by, that's by the my intention. by the end that's of it <laughs> we will have no friends at all just you will have each other tyler that all that'll just be all, the two we'll, of us <laughs> we can make it if we try <laughs> just the two of us oh yeah i mean that's that's the that's the that's what I realized, you know, years ago, man. If if you're gonna be, if you're gonna be thin-skinned, um, if you're gonna be thin-skinned, easily offended, if you don't want to talk to people, um, and learn how to disagree civilly, learn how to have logical, you know, conversations, and not just well, I feel this way because this is what I feel, and this is what I think. Like, no, let's look at. Right. You know, you know, I read I read something. I read a a, a, a blog. It was I, I, okay. Read is a lie. I didn't really read it because <laughs> I read a little bit of it, and I found out that this person wasn't born in America, and they now live in Canada, but they want to speak to. Yeah, I'm like okay. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, shut up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah. So, um, but they we want to have these conversations, and and we don't want to look back and. Because what he said, a lot of what he said was systematic uh, racism and systematic injustice has been over since the bill of the civil rights bill was signed in '68. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. not true. They're still right. redlining. They're still right, right. You know, I mean, there's still tons of ways that injustice has been in our legal system. So if you, if we're not going to have a conversation based on facts on one side and biblical truth. You know, other the other whole other side is okay. Well, you know, you need to stick to the gospel because you're 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 becoming a the new thing that they'll they'll call you a cultural Marxist or you you're becoming a Marxist or whatever. It's like, no, that's 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 not looking at this in a biblical perspective. That's just you you're just knee jerk and saying, well, you're like Marx, yeah, and you're forsaking the gospel, yeah, uh, for so for social gospel for social advance. Like, no, the scripture talks a lot about how. If the gospel has truly impacted your heart, how an outflow of that is how you treat others. Yeah. How you view others, how how how, how you uh, seek to reconcile with others. That's the gospel. That's Ephesians 2, Galatians 3. So, yeah, it's everyone is going to be either uh, offended or. Yeah, sure. I still love you, though. 
Me? Or the guy no. from Canada? No, I don't know him, so. Okay. I'm just joking. Who Bless do you... his heart. <laughs> <laughs> it was something I, I, something I skimmed yeah. on. Like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever read. Yeah, you, you, you make a good point. No, someone sent me an article, and it's not to bash the content that was in the article, but it was, and it's I not. I might bash the content. It's that not. Was an article. It's not to bash people from other countries, but it, it is. Was, to it was. It was. Uh, the author. The author was from Russia, and they were. Um, they, oh my gosh! I believe. Stop! I believe they are American now. They're like you know writing from America, but it was like oh. you know, you, you just. Um, Knock it off. Yeah, yeah. It's. <laughs> Knock it off. With check the sources to to be credible about what it's like to be black in America. You you have to talk to black folks to be credible about what it's like to be Hispanic in America. You have to talk to right. Hispanic folks, right? That's and 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 you can't you you have to um, look at the narrative of oppression in our country. It's the you know you could, someone might say, well, what about what it's like to be white in America to talk to white folks? I mean, yeah, I, I guess so, but it's it's a different scenario when we've always been the one with power and and we've always been the one like you said in last, majority in majority and you said last episode yeah. we're the ones that get to decide we have the authority to decide uh the history we're the ones that, that decides when racism is over and when it mm -hmm. isn't over because that's what we've always been able to do as white folks and so it's it's uh it's it's not a we we cannot speak into what it's like to be a person of color in america right well, what I want to do is start with our mailbag, and uh, the way the the way the mailbag's going to work is like this: we, we're asking you to send in topics you'd like us to talk about. We we want you to send in que questions. Sometimes we'll be able to respond to them right away. Other times, it's it's like a topic for a whole nother episode. And so we're going to read some of those. We want you you to know we got your question, mm -hmm. but we're not going to talk about it right now because this episode would be like five hours long and not that that'd be a bad thing right that would be a terrible thing. that'd be a terrible thing so let's get to the mailbag can it not be like five questions in one <laughs> answering your own question i'm laughing so hard right now because i just played the mailbag uh, uh, what do you call that? You know the blurb thing, the uh, yes. <laughs> the transition thing, but you can't hear it because we're on FaceTime. <laughs> so you're talking whatever the heck you just said in the stupid mailbag segment that Kyle made for chopping it up, which just played over everything you just said. So let's try this again. Why don't you talk, <laughs> and then when you're done, I'll play the mailbag segment again. Go ahead, Tyler. What do you have to say about that? <laughs> uh, other than Noah doesn't know what he's doing. Also, when you submit a question, true dat. Don't don't ever say that again. True um, dat. That's true. Um, <laughs> when you submit a question, kind of make it you know get to the point. You know what I'm saying? Don't make it war and peace. You know, I was wondering this, and then ten. You know, you got five questions. In I'm one. gonna cite the Book of Deuteronomy from the beginning to the end. Yeah, can you not just say, "Hey, this is my question"? Uh, what, what, what? Boop, boop, boop. Get to the point. Thank yeah. you. I would also ask short and sweet. That you, you like my daughters, short and sweet. You not ask questions like, "Why is Tyler so ugly?" That's God why, made me this way. Why is Tyler so mean? Why is he well, so mean to Noah? 
we don't want to pick on Tyler, so don't those questions that were that came in, there were many. Several uh <laughs> several dozen. I just deleted those. To be fair, yes. I just That's deleted fine. those. So so uh one way you can write to us is on Twitter. If you follow us, we will follow you back. And that is so you can send in direct messages to us. Uh we got we we got one from the the blo- <laughs> I'm laughing at my uh, myself right now. Sorry, I'm too funny. Uh, the blog plug <laughs> at at music two blogs says blog package fifty dollars, eight blog placements <laughs> with full write up. Uh, they they told us eight places we could uh, have a blog write up for fifty dollars. Uh, Tyler, how do you want to respond to this first uh, letter from our mailbag? Um. I'm not gonna respond. <laughs> <laughs> I had to. I had uh, to. We had a nice uh, question. Al- almost got me fired right there. <laughs> I caught it. From, I did keep them as a follower. I don't think they're a real follower, but you know they they make us feel good to have 21 followers. Yeah. Uh, hi, yeah, yeah. At uh, dare to be diff 08 uh, asked us after the first episode the number one thing. I would like to hear that you mentioned is both of you analyzing each other's sermons. What do you think about that, Tyler? <laughs> well, mine are always um, not quite sermon on the mount level, <laughs> but <on> level. <laughs> somewhere between one of Spurgeon's worst and sinners in the hands of the angry God, somewhere in there. So I don't really know what you could add to any of my sermons. So, I mean, we can. We could just listen to the glory that that unfolds. Uh, uh, do you post your sermons online? Let's start there. Are they online anywhere? Are you guys doing that? Yeah. Uh, our sermons are on our church website. Okay. Uh, so. What, what's the website? I mean, you can listen. Well, here's, here's my point. I don't think that we're going to analyze each other's sermons because we don't really have time. And I'm, I'm hoping that you and I are preaching the bible that's what we're trying to do the best of our ability well but, i know you aren't but so. stop i would say this uh we, we want to be fair right and we talked last week about analyzing sermons or books of of some people that people probably like that are listening to like joyce meyer or joel osteen or td jakes and so to be fair if you listen to tyler's sermon or my sermon you can find both of our sermons online at our church websites tyler's mm-hmm. is Cornerstone Church Detroit. Mine is Crossroads Church in Lansing. Uh, you can listen, and if you disagree with something we say theologically or you think we're wrong about something biblically, by all means, mm-hmm. uh, write to us, and we would be happy to interact. We'd be happy to learn, and and, and, and maybe we are wrong, and maybe we're not. And and so uh, that that's, what I, that's how I would answer that one. Uh, mm-hmm. Here is a... So I guess on, on podcast.com where you can listen, that's where we initially post these, you can you can submit Facebook comments somehow. I don't know. But Katie from my church, who's awesome, she found a way to post comments here, and she had a couple of uh, future, probably future episodes sort of things. One of them is, love you guys. I'm interested to hear what is wrong with Joyce Meyer's theology. Oh, I know. Tyler, see, Tyler's being his bad Tyler self right now. This is what we don't. This is what we don't want. But I didn't even say anything. This is what we don't want. Laughter 
We're not. That was, ho- that was holy laughter. We are not going to be a mockery sarcasm podcast just, about <laughs> theology. Okay, there is no. I was no. Listen, I'm no. Seriously, there's too up. many of those out there. You know who you are. No, no I was laughing because me and my wife were just talking about Joyce Myers. Uh, yeah, I don't know how it came up, uh, but we were talking about Joyce Myers yesterday. Um, so yeah. Okay, listen. Let me finish this. Uh, it says, "All I know of her is Battlefield of the Mind," and it was uh-huh. super helpful for me to recognize some lies I was falling captive to, and it was much uh-huh. needed kick in the butt for me to stop throwing myself a pity party and start turning it over to God in prayer. So I've not read anything of Joyce Meyer. I've never heard one of her sermons. I will say this. There's two quick thoughts I have about some of these nationally known people. Um, Battlefield of the Mind, uh, we can talk about Joyce Meyer's theology in a future episode. That book might be a good book. I don't know. Um, But here's what you'll find about certain individuals. And I don't know exactly the right answer to this. You might have someone with a glaring, something glaring in their theology that's incorrect and is leading people astray. Mm-hmm. But then they might have another piece of their theology that's really helpful and is is accurate. And so I think it's mm-hmm. we, we have to challenge ourselves. Uh, sometimes we need to reject the whole person and their whole body yes. of work. Other, yep. other times, and often this happens with race relations stuff, um, you have someone that's saying stuff that is just right on the money when it comes to racial reconciliation, but there's other topics that we would say, and this is a Christian pastor, and there's other topics we'd say, those aren't theologically sound, but we're not going to reject what they say about racial reconciliation right. because it's dead on. And so right. um, sometimes it might be a case-by-case basis, but mm-hmm. I, I think at the end of the day we have to – I don't know. What do you think about that? You, do you see the point that I make? Yeah, there? yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think we we had to be more we had to be more nuanced, and we have to be more um, quick to quick to hear, slow to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not I'm not saying that I think that uh, Joyce Myers is a false teacher. Am I saying that? I don't think so. I've, I've heard a lot that she says said, have said that has disagreed stuff that that kind of hinges on word faith not outright so so i have like a word faith scale you know you have your extreme explain what that is a lot (laughs) lot of listeners don't know what word faith means so uh a word faith is name it claim it got you know the 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 crux of their theology is god's uh is the cosmic bellhop the cosmic uh concierge um and god is in heaven to give you your dreams your desires and bless you you know, that's kind of the, that's the long and short of it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So th- they take many scriptures out of context. Um, uh, they take miracles that have happened out of context. See, they so the, the I've heard 75 sermons on the widow um, and Elijah. See, she gave her last to the prophet and, and she was blessed and there was no lack in her house. Yeah. Uh, just that kind of that theology, word, faith, uh, you give, God blesses. It's this transactional relationship. God, God is cosmic Santa Claus, and He's up there to grant your every waking right. desire. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, but but there's a scale to that. You have your Leroy Thompson. I heard Leroy Thompson once say, you know, some people talk about sin, some people talk about Jesus. I'll talk about money. So he's just <laughs> all right, like all right. You're gonna get the, you're gonna get this money talk. Right. Uh, so you got your your Leroy Thompsons and your Creflo Dollars who just they're out in the open. 
And then you go to fill in the blank, such and such Baptist church or fill in the blank, whatever church. And it's a lot more subtle. It's a lot more, uh, it's not as in your face. It's, you know, uh, compulsion to give an offering. See, if this is your seed and you give your seed and God will bless and these kind of uh, teachings. Uh, so it, it's, and, and I've heard some of that stuff from uh, Joyce Myers that, that, that bends word faith. Um, if you think it, it's kind of a, mm -hmm. kind of new agey too. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Um, you know, if you think it, you can think it into existence and your thoughts become your words and your words become your life. You know, that Olstein and I've heard some of that stuff from Furtick and Jake's as well. Right. It's just that it's new age uh, dressed up in Christianity. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's why I, a lot of I, I, I once I hear some of that, I, I warn my people. Yeah. You know, see, this is this is not gospel. You know, this is not this is not the, this is not the saving uh, gospel. This is not the gospel that 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 saves us it's not the gospel that sanctifies us uh conforms us to the image of christ it's not the gospel that prepares us for ministry and this is not the gospel that will take us into eternity this is uh i can't say that word this is cr crap <laughs> can i say yeah. crap on this podcast crap. You, you just did crap uh, yeah there you go yeah baloney this Bal is baloney baloney i like that yeah, Jim Gaffigan. That's what it reminds me of. If anybody knows Jim Gaffigan, he's hilarious. Um, baloney. Well, yeah, that'll be our our uh, how we how we label good or bad theology, right? It'll be baloney or no. Uh, so it's a little bit of a segue here. So there, there, we had one more email, and it was someone that's going to send us a book to read, and we really appreciate that. And we're gonna shouts, and we say thank you. And it's a book about. Um, kind of, we started talking last week about some of the health and wealth sort of things and the prosperity mm -hmm. gospel. And the the book is saying, "Hey, I believe in I believe in health and wealth and prosperity gospel." And, and this book feels biblical to me. So, can you guys read it and look at it and let us let me know what you think? Mm -hmm. And we would be um, happy to do that as time mm -hmm. as time allows for it. And so, uh, yeah. I want to read one more uh, from Katie on the. Um, uh, this is just some for some future stuff that we'll do. She says, one thing I would love to hear some conversation on is what does it mean for us to speak life or speak death into something? And what does it mean to mm. what does it mean to plead the blood of Jesus over something? Hey. Also, quote, canceling, <laughs> quote, canceling an attack from the enemy, unquote. I did yeah, not. Yeah. I did not grow up with any of that language in my church context, or even at my predominantly white Bible college. But I really want to learn more what is meant by those phrases. So we're not going to answer mm -hmm. those right now because we are already twenty minutes uh, into our episode. And can I just can I just give like one minute to that? You can give one minute to that. Yes, you can. And I'm looking at a clock. So one thing that that is that is very important. We we have to know the word of god i know that sounds really dumb and redundant but we have to know the bible because i've been in churches and i've heard people say and the bible says when blessings uh, when praises go up blessings come down that's not in the bible okay you yeah know, I've yeah been, i've been in churches and i've heard people say and the bible says we cancel cancel every assignment of it. these aren't free what happens is these phrases get passed down and it gets, it becomes so uh, permeate the church culture that we think that we're like using scripture. And it's really something that someone thought about when they heard a scripture, or maybe they just thought about it on their own. 
So it's just it's so important that we know the Bible. And if 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 you don't see uh, book chapter verse, I don't think that's something that you just wholeheartedly accept. Yeah, you know, we, we have to know we have to know the Bible. Like it's just it's so much that we say, we do, we sing and worship songs that is unbiblical. Yeah, I like that phrase. That there's not a book chapter verse. Uh, you know, it's not. You gotta don't don't use it authoritatively at least then at right, that point right. right right yeah yeah it yeah. may be some benefit to it but you know we go around i've seen it man i've been a charismatic and go around pleading the blood i plead the blood over my my finances huh i don't i've never seen that in the word sure i don't see i plead the blood over my finances yeah. or I, I cancel every assignment of the enemy yeah i don't i've never i've never i've never i don't see these things in scripture so it's it's very 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 important that we stand on the word because that's the only thing that has power. Yeah, you know, his word is sharper than a two two edged sword. Our phrases can't even do a paper cut. Right, right, right. You definitely went over your minute. I'm I'm pretty sure, but you are. Hey, I felt that thing in my spirit. Though, you, man. Yep, you, let you, preacher are, preach, you are. You're, you're preaching. You're preaching. <laughs> so we will talk about that more. I think in another episode. Yeah. But if if you're listening and you're someone who does plead the blood of Jesus over things or uh, cancels the, the enemy's attack over things and, and you d- would disagree or you would even say, well, here's where I get that from the Bible. Here's wh- what I'm, the verses that I'm getting that from. Let us know. And or we can... speak things to existence. And that's another super, yeah. oh, I'm not, I'm not speaking that. I, I don't, yeah. I, I don't speak that. Oh yeah. my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah All yeah. of these things. Yeah. And, and if, and let's, <laughs> let's just, uh, Hey, send us phrases, send us phrases, cliche that you've heard in church. Sure that are either hogwash baloney or baloney or you know that may be spiritually beneficial yeah right well i want to segue using what we talked about with name it claim it and 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 we're going to talk about that theology in the future and part of me wants mm-hmm. to to jump right into those sorts of topics because it's uh, I, I think that's the most practical sort of things that we could talk about in debates in the church. But what we're going to do first is give sort of a, a foundation to theology. And it's with a theology that I don't agree with everything about, but it is a it is a foundational theology. And it's the uh, reform theology. We're going to go through these five points of Calvinism and I don't agree with all of them, but some of them have, have I really, really have, um, I don't know the word to say, changed my life. I mean, they, they're so biblical. And, and, and one of the th- one we're going to talk about today is called total depravity. And I, and I mm-hmm. think, Tyler, back to what you were saying about God being the, uh, the Santa Claus in the sky sort of thing, right? He's the butler in the sky. I think one of the reasons we've approached prayer prayer like that whether you come from a name it and claim it background or not i think many of us see god that way we we carry yeah. a very entitled approaches to god uh and we pray and, and if god doesn't give us what we want we um we throw a temper tantrum some you know sort of thing and i think it's because we don't understand the biblical truth of total depravity what and, and i can keep going on that but uh, but i'll yeah. i'll let you jump in yeah, I think the, you know, not to hopscotch, but I think the one of the foundational problems we see in the church today is we have made, um, we have brought our Americana, 
we brought our culture so much into um, the way we view scripture and the way we view God. Um, we, 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 we view, uh, we're, we're, we're Americans. We, we have choice. Hey, I have my rights, buddy. <laughs> yeah. We have choice, we have rights, and we have this entitlement. And to first even be able to view God properly, we have to have a proper view of ourselves. And that comes from uh, realizing the, the, um, the true nature of humans, the true nature of our sin. Um, Spurgeon, um, I might quote Spurgeon 17 times because uh, he, he kills total depravity. But Spurgeon says the, the, of grasping total depravity is the very beginning of understanding the gospel. Hmm. You have to realize that, no, you're not good. No, you're not a good person. No, <laughs> that's not true about yourself. There's one good. Yeah. There's one true. There's one holy. There's one righteous. And to even have a, 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 a slight grasp on the gospel, you have to understand this doctrine of total depravity. Let me read a definition. Um, I was reading, uh, this is my wheelhouse. I love reading uh, confessions and stuff by old dead um, European men and old dead African men. Because um, <laughs> um, what, what, what many don't know is um, Augustine was very foundational and helping develop this this doctrine of total depravity that would be flushed out in Europe. Um, Augustine was a man from Northern Africa. Mm -hmm. So uh, the canon of Dort said, uh, talking about total depravity, he says, all people are conceived in sin, inclined to sin, and dead in sin, and slaves to sin. Without uh, without the grace of, of the regenerating Holy Spirit, they are neither willing nor able to return to God. Uh, that was best definition uh, I found for total depravity. Conceived in sin, inclined to sin, dead mm -hmm, in sin, mm -hmm. and slaves to sin. And without God's grace, we're neither willing nor able to return to God. Mm -hmm. And that's from the canon of Dort. Let me read some scripture here. This is mm -hmm. James 2, verse 10. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at one point, he has become guilty of all. Mm -hmm. Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fall yeah. short of the glory of God. This is Old Testament, 1 Kings 8.46. There is no man who does not sin. Old Testament, Psalm 143, verse 2. And do not enter into judgment with your servant, for in your sight no man living is righteous. <laughs> Roman. All of Psalm 51. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All of that, yeah. Uh, a segment from Romans 3, 9 to 11. I think this is 10 and 11. There is none righteous, not even one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks for God. And then this one, Romans 1, 18 is, is crucial, I think, is really getting to what Spurgeon was saying. And, uh, and uh, it says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness, excuse me, and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. And yeah. that whole section of Romans 1, 18, 19, 20, Oof. it's basically saying all of mankind, all of humankind is sinful from birth and God is judging them. And then, you know, uh, it, it leads on into the, the gospel. So um, I think... Okay, and so what I want to do before we kind of give more thoughts about the, the how I think amazing this doctrine is, is first let's talk about some of the pushback on the doctrine. And so mm -hmm. uh, I'll give one example. I 
this is a few weeks ago. I, I, I wrote this on Twitter, and this is honestly just from my own. I write a lot about kind of a sh uh, themes of how total depravity, I don't call it that, but how, how basically how total depravity has helped me so much in my sexual purity. That's uh, really the foundation of my book, Beyond the Battle, where I, I realized that I was going to God saying, God, you owe me, like you owe me this in my marriage. And there's a lot of books like the Five Love Languages book, I will say, and the uh, Every Man's Battle book that trained me that my wife owes me things in my marriage. And if I do it, if I, if I do it God's way, then he's got to reward me. And so in many, mm -hmm. in many ways, it's the same sort of God is that, you know, deal yep. maker in the sky and he's yep. going to reward me. And it, what saved my marriage, what saved my sexual purity and what has allowed me to live. And I, and I, I mean this with a hundred percent truth. What's allowed me now to live as a person who's grateful for what God's given me rather than living entitled God, you know, you, you, you screwed me over. You didn't give me enough. You know, I want more, which really is a miserable place to live terrible bro is total depravity and and for me it was exodus 19 it's god's holy mountain and it's quaking and the people are before it like don't kill us right and that's our <laughs> that's our response before a holy god and yeah, so yeah and uh, this this is this kind of gives the punchline a little bit of where we're going to go which which total depravity leads us to how amazing god's mercy is see that's yep. that's really the point so i tweeted out if you never understand how broken and in need of God's mercy you are, you will never understand the treasure mercy is, right? Absolutely. And a lot Absolutely. of people yeah. liked that tweet, retweeted it, and then this one guy, and I can't, I think he must have deleted his comment because I couldn't find it today. I was trying to pull it up. But a guy that doesn't follow me, he, he, he got it off someone else's retweet, and I don't know who he was, but he had one of those blue check marks by his name. So he was he was somebody that that oh. earned the blue check mark, right? And he was trolling me, and I didn't respond back because I, I I sometimes wait on trolls. I'm like, oh, I want to give them the gospel, but I, I don't want to get you know. You can just kind of do more harm than good. I think sometimes. So mm -hmm. he wrote something along the lines of, well, or we could stop beating ourselves up for being human, and just realize that we're good as human beings like we're good right mm -hmm. and and i think that's the pushback on total depravity is like all oh, those calvinists they walk around like oh we're just a bunch of worms beat ourselves up beat ourselves up and i think that even this secular guy who was trying to troll me he was getting <laughs> he's getting two doctrines confused uh, mm -hmm. the other doctrine being that we are created in the image of god the imago right. day right and so at times these can seem like contradicting doctrines but they're not um, we are created in the image of God, which gives every person inerrant value. We all Absolutely. are image bearers. It's, what's, it's what makes racism so atrocious. It's what makes slavery so atrocious. We are image bearers of God. It's what makes, right. lu it's what makes lust atrocious. When I turn a woman into an object, I, mm -hmm. have, I have desecrated her as an image bearer of God. And so right. we aren't saying people don't have value. Right. Um, and, and here's the other part of total depravity. One part of the wing, I see it as an airplane. One part of the wing, you have to understand total depravity. Before you get to the cross, you've got to go to the, mm -hmm. ho the holy mountain of Exodus 19, which is what mm -hmm. Spurgeon was saying. But then you get to the cross. Like, if you grew up in a church that was all hellfire and brimstone, and you're, well, all, you're, you're all bad and you never can do enough, yeah, that's 
true, you can never do enough, but that has to lead you to the other wing. It has to lead you to, yeah. and here's the beautiful thing about total depravity. When you realize how much in need of grace you are, you then can receive a infinite amount of mercy and grace from God. You can right. receive treasure upon treasure upon treasure mm -hmm. of mercy and grace you'll be the richest person alive because of the mercy and grace you got in Jesus, but only because you realized how much of it you needed. Now I'm preaching. So, so, so yeah. let me turn the it over to you. The piggyback on that. Um, I believe this was Piper. He said, um, total depravity does not mean, however, that people are as bad as possible. Rather, it means that even the good that they do is intended with a false pretense, uh, false premise and false motives. So even in, even the good that we do, you know, given yeah. to charity, yes, given to the Red Cross, Ice Bucket Challenge, the good things we <laughs> do in a in a state of unrepentant sin, uh, in a state of rebellion against God, even the good that we do is not for God; it's for us. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we have to. Yeah. Every the 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 whole um total depravity um against Spurgeon says as as the salt flavors every drop in the atlantic so does sin affect every atom of our nature total depravity means that our thoughts our our actions our our our, our motives bc before christ and outside of christ even those things are sinful yeah. because they are in rebellion to a holy and righteous god um so yeah it's it's not it's not just uh, when, we, when people when we talk about total depravity, people think you know they think of the worst of the worst, the worst possible person, the school shooter, the child molester, the predator. They think of these people. They they can uh, they can agree that those people are quote depraved, but the person that casually uh, rejects God and is apathetic um, and just prefers to sleep in on Sundays. That person is in rebellion. That person is in a state of inclining to sin and dead in sin, enslaved to sin as well. Um, and that, and again, I, I agree with you said one hundred percent, man. To understand, to understand the gospel, this is the very first step. This is why it's the first uh, first step in this the tulip that we're going to go through. Yeah, yeah. Um, without understanding total depravity, without understanding, without understanding what Jesus said. And um, and John, John three, uh, John three, verse 19 through 21. This is the judgment. The light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than the light. Wow, for yeah. their deeds are evil for everyone that does evil hates the light. And the light does not come. Excuse me. And the light did not come for fear for his deeds. And they, excuse me, and they do not come to the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But he who practices truth comes to the light so that his deeds may be manifested, having been wrought in God. That's the key part right there, wrought in God. The good yeah. that we do uh, after Christ, after regeneration, after uh, surrendering to God, after being born again, after receiving the spirit, those things, uh, Jesus said, are wrought by God. It's not that I wield this, uh, I wield this good nature in myself. It's the sanctifying work of the spirit that, that, that now I can do good. Now I can do righteousness. It's not Tyler. It's not Noah. These things are wrought by God. But going back to the uh, first part of that, John 3 says men love darkness. Mm -hmm. The murderer loves darkness. The school teacher 
that um, just prefers to be apathetic and, you know, not antagonistic toward God, but he just, you know, he's there, but, you know, whatever. Don't affect my daily life. The stay-at-home mom, the, the police officer, the veteran, whoever, you know, they love darkness rather than the light of God. Um, so, yeah, it, 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 it's we, uh, another thing that trips people up on total depravity is they just think of the worst of the worst of the worst. No, it's anybody who is in rebellion to God, anyone who has not um, come to the cross of Jesus. And with all the tulip, the five letters, there's some other ones that I will critique uh, mm -hmm. pretty seriously and, I, and ones we have to, I think, be really careful with. And some, I think, that just don't make a lot of sense on a surface level, and we have to kind of look at them from a, a different perspective to, to understand mm -hmm. them. But I will say that uh, total depravity is not one of those. I, I think this one, to me, it's a, it's a home run, and I, I believe it's, it's just one of the main meat and potatoes doctrines that is missing in the church. Um, yeah. I'm going to give an example of, um, this is real practical here, of, of a guy that was at my church, and he's no longer at, our, at my church, but he was influenced by teaching. And we, we might do a whole podcast episode about Bethel Church sometime. Um, yeah, oh, we. Honestly, because here's the thing, about, here's the thing about, about Bethel Church. And they, they, a lot of the worship songs that are popular that we sing are from Bethel Music. And um, and I haven't done a look. I, let me tell you this too, for listeners. I do not get up in the morning and be like, "Who can?" I'm gonna go, go like look up Stephen Furtick and Bethel Church and Joel Osteen, and I'm gonna just like pick apart their theology. That's not what I do. That's what I do. Yeah, that's what, yeah, I that's what you do. <laughs> but when what, what happens is when you do ministry and you're ministering yeah. to people and discipling them, and they tell you something, and you say, "Well, where did you learn that from?" And they say, well, I learned it from Stephen Furtick. I learned it from Bethel Church. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that, that's when, as a pastor, I go back to Titus 1, verse 9, that it's my duty as an elder that I have to, um, I have to defend sound doctrine and I have to refute, Absolutely. I have to refute doctrine that, that's wrong. So here, anyway, there was a, spe a guy, and I, I, I've been looking for his name, and I can't find it because this was a couple years ago. But it was one of the founding guys of Bethel Church. He doesn't work at Bethel Church anymore, but now he— uh, he does his own kind of itinerant ministry where he, he goes around speaking. And, and, and this person from my church was really big on this, on this guy. And, uh, and Bethel Church still endorses him, sells some of his books, you know, th those sorts of things. And the guy said that when you become a Christian, you will no longer sin. You'll no longer sin anymore. Yeah. And so it, what, what this, uh, in, this individual from my church was trying to get me— and my co-pastor to, to believe he was trying to convince us that Romans chapter 7, which is where Paul talks about, I, I do the things I don't want to do, and I don't want to do the things mm -hmm. I do want to do. And, and there, uh, he, he's, he's talking about the, the struggle that so many people can relate to. Um, <laughs> this teacher and this now guy in my church was saying, well, Paul was talking about before he was a Christian. He was, uh, that's and, not true. And now that he's a Christian— that no longer applies. And I said, well, if you look at the whole book of Romans, he never talks about things before he was a Christian unless, <laughs> unless he comes out and says it. The whole time he's talking is as a Christian to other Christians the yeah. in the Church of Rome. But think about how dangerous that is to teach. If I get up at a sermon and say, and I'll, and I'll by the way, I listened to one of this guy's sermons, and I, and I would tell you his name if I could, um, 
but he said, because the guy from my church said, listen to this YouTube sermon, and I tried to. I listened to most of it. This guy was so arrogant, and he kept la- he kept laughing, and he would say, well, Jesus says do this and this, so do it. And I'm just doing, he kept saying, I'm just doing what the Bible says. He wasn't giving verse, what'd you say, book, chapter, verse, but he kept saying, yeah. I'm just doing what the Bible says, ha, ha, ha. And he was so arrogant about this teaching, and he was saying, yeah, Christians shouldn't sin anymore to the point that if you're still sinning, you aren't a Christian. Now, you tell me where, how that has anything to do with grace and and how that is any different than the pharisees were right well and what and what what about james one um james one around 19 verse 21 uh i don't have it in front of me but um if you uh when you sin confess you know not if but when you sin confess and he who is faithful and just will cleanse you of all unrighteousness wait a minute you know what I'm saying? And then he says, if any man says that he has no sin, he's a liar. And the truth is not in him. James chapter 1, verse 19 through 21. So either we're going to believe the Bible or we're not. Yeah, and I think they would say, well, that's before you were a Christian. That's like your that's, rep- that's, right. That's the stupidest. Okay. I know. Right. Well, it's. <laughs> and so my point to bring. Oh, my goodness. My, my point to bringing that up is just this that. The doctrine of total depravity is essential not only for non-believers but also for believers. That that we never yeah. we never lose that doctrine. We don't become a Christian and in this in this guy's theology now total depravity no longer matters. And the reason yeah. is God is holy mm-hmm. and we aren't. And yes, we have Jesus's righteousness bestowed upon us and mm-hmm. that that's what makes us sons and daughters of God. That's what makes yeah. us Colossians 1.22 says we are holy, we are bl- uh, without blemish, without accusation. Yeah. That is the freedom of the gospel. That's the other side. That's the mercy side of it. But that mm-hmm. d- that doesn't mean that we're not still going to – we're still living in a fallen world. Uh, we're yeah. still going to sin. We're still going to have sin affect our lives. And it, yeah. it, it doesn't mean, oh, you can go sin all you want. Uh, wow. A true wow. a true believer isn't going to want to go sin all they want, right? right. I, mean, I mean, Paul again back to Romans. Shall I, shall I, shall I continue in sin that grace abounds? God forbid, because we've been re- uh, regenerated. That's that's what's happened inside of us. Right now, I'm aware of my sin. <laughs> yes, you know what I mean. Yeah. When, when 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 I when I was 19, and I'm yeah, this might be a family podcast. I'm not gonna go into all the things that I did, but I was I was so fallen. I was not even aware yeah. of my sin. Yeah, yeah. Awareness, awareness of sin uh, doesn't even happen until the, until the spirit. I believe uh, the, the John 6 and 44 says no man can come to God unless he's drawn or he's, he's, he's drawn by God. So, I mean, you, you're not even aware of your sin. You're not even aware of your, your fallen. Here it is, John uh, 6, 44. No one can come to me unless the father who has sent me draws him and I'll raise him up in, in the last days. You're not aware of God, and you're not aware of your sin until God begins to draw or woo you, like the King James says, by the working of the Spirit. You're not even aware of your sin until then, yeah. until God begins to intervene by the Spirit. Um, but I was getting, getting ready to read this quote. Um, surprise, surprise, another quote by Spurgeon. Um, he says, the very hell of corruption lies within the best saints. You know what I'm saying? 
we 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 look and was like, man, I can't believe this person, fill in the blank, sure. did yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. You know, this person who loved Jesus, this person who served, this person who meant. I can't believe this person did that. We all are capable of 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 still of sin, still of great sin. Um, it's just the restraining work of uh, the Spirit and His grace that we all don't um, fall off a cliff. Yeah. But I mean, it's it's yeah, we're 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 still sinful. We still, I mean, that gives us Galatians five, um, how it says we're we're in this constant um, Galatians five and Romans eight, this constant tug of war between the flesh and the spirit. That's the everyday battle. Yeah, over and over again in Galatians five. Be led by the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Keep in step with the Spirit. Why? Because if you don't, you're going to succumb to the flesh every yeah. single time. Yeah. And I'll, I'll I'll wrap up this and 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 we'll move on with saying we're not telling you to wallow in total depravity. That's not the no, point, the point. Absolutely of this. not. The point is to swim in grace. It's to it's to bathe in in the Amen. mercy and to swim in it and to love it. I mean, but 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 you can't. Unless you realize you need it, how could you possibly enjoy it, right? If you yeah. if you don't know, I mean, otherwise you think you've earned it. Like you, mm-hmm. it's a it's a gift. It's someone knocking on your door and says, "Here's a billion dollars." That that's the yeah. gospel. That and, and, and you owed a billion, but instead of having to pay back the billion, you got two billion, right? You, mm-hmm. It was paid back, and then you got a billion more. I mean, that's so different than saying. Hey, here's your paycheck. You worked forty hours this week. Here's what you made. I mean, right. no, nobody rejoices in that. No, no, nobody no. says thank you. I'm grateful for that because because you earned that. And so that's why I think total depravity is the diving board. It's the launching pad into this amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch yeah. like me, because it grace wouldn't be amazing unless we were so desperate for it. So yeah, um, just let me just take it back on that real quick. Yeah. Ephesians two says we were dead in our trespasses, dead in our sins. Um, and it was, we were made alive through Christ. Yeah. And, and saved by grace through faith that no man should boast. We didn't, this, again, this is something to celebrate because we were dead. Um, and just a practical, I'm going to try to just give a super real quick practical thing. The doctrine of total uh, depravity should produce much empathy in, from us, excuse me, in us towards other people. You know what I'm saying? If I if I see a person who is lost, if I see a person who is uh, in great sin, yeah. me knowing that a that was me, and b that this person is a slave to sin, they have no will. That that's what kind of Paul goes over over and over again in Romans. They have no will. Yeah. Slaves have no will. Mm-hmm. They are slaves to sin and dead in trespasses. Yeah, that should produce an empathy and a compassion in us to pray for them yeah yeah to 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 be brokenhearted for them not not to be judgmental not to be that pharisee who went into the temple and and said i thank god that i'm not like this tax collector that's Mm. so many christians that would be me if not for the saving grace of jesus christ so uh, just knowing the 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 truth of total depravity should break our hearts for the people around us should break our hearts for the people who make dumb, stupid, idiotic, moronic decisions over and over again. Guess what? They're slaves to sin, and they're dead in their sins in many cases. Yeah. All right, we got some decisions to make here. We Uh-oh. we are new to this podcast, of reaching the world with this podcast here. So we are 51 minutes in to our episode <laughs> right now. And, and this has been a good episode. 
And I don't know, maybe we should ask listeners to, to tell us what you would want. Uh, there seems to be a, uh, a thought out there, don't go over an hour on a one podcast episode. Uh, we Like we said at the beginning, we kind of are <laughs> cramming two podcasts into one. One is about theology. Listen, we One do what we want to do. Race. We do what we want to do. We're depraved. We do what we want to do. We have a lot to get to still when it comes to our topic that we previewed last yeah. week, which is the Starbucks arrest. You did a blog post this week on your blog, mm-hmm. TylerPSpeaks.com. And oh, but then also on Facebook, you sent me the video that Pastor Eric Mason posted on his Facebook page. Of, oh my uh, goodness! Desmond Morrow being beaten in a parking lot in Philadelphia. All right, oh, no, that I'm sorry. Was disgusting. Philadelphia was uh, the Starbucks. Um, I don't remember this. DC, think, Virginia D- area. Yes, the Virginia area in DC. Uh, and so I post that with a comment, and now there's a whole big thread of comments that I think would be valuable to talk about on the podcast. So, well, let's hit that one next week. Let's, all right, let's, let's do that next hit, week for our time. Let's hit Starbucks. Let's hit Starbucks for another 10 minutes or so. Okay. Um, yeah. So talk about first, give a summary of your article and then I'm going to, uh, give when I posted that on my page, there was a reply that was, uh, and this is someone I know, you know, and so this is sometimes hard. Let me say this as a preface. Um, I kind of hate talking about these issues, and and, and, and let me explain what <laughs> what I mean by that. And, and I just and I a book that I highly recommend that I just read. I listened to the audio book of, but uh, so it only took me a few days to get through it via the audio book. It's called it's a pretty new book. It's called White Awake by Daniel Hill, and I don't think it's a it's not a one oh one sort of book. So I think he wrote it hoping it's something you could hand to like a white friend who was who I don't want to say is like racist because that word is so loaded, but uh, a white friend who had blind not, spots, blind right, racial, bl- racial, yeah, blind spots. yeah. And, and who, who would not agree with the sort of things that, you know, Tyler and I would say usually on this podcast, I don't think it's a book you can hand to them. I think it's a little bit, the, the meat is a little tough, I think for them, <laughs> but for someone that is on steps one or two or three of the path, I highly recommend the book white awake by Daniel Hill. But one thing it did for me, it was like a, it was like a pep talk for me that as a white person, it is so easy for me to not talk about these issues. Like, I don't have to talk yeah, about them. bro. Absolutely. And that's part of my privilege. So we'll break down privilege in another episode. But privilege is not just economic privilege. It's not just if a police officer follows you. And th- those are significant pieces of it. But part of my privilege is I don't have to. It is uncomfortable to talk about these things. Like, it was uncomfortable to watch the Desmond Morrow video. It was very oh. uncomfortable to watch. Uh, and someone on that on that thread said, well, I, I wish you hadn't posted that. I, I, you could have just told me about it. I didn't want to watch it. I said, well, as, as white people, and this is what White Awake helped remind me of, that people of color don't have the privilege to just walk away from these issues. Yeah. This is yeah. your everyday reality your yeah. everyday existence, when you see a police officer, even a really good police officer, you still have the fear of, of thinking, oh, no, like the anxiety goes up, the hair on your yeah. arm stands up, that what are they going to do to me? Are, how are they going to look at me? What are they thinking about me because yeah. of the history of my life and of the generations? And so what's hard for white folks to do is to stay with it. And and Daniel Hill yeah. made the point, he yeah. said, what white folks need to do isn't go try to fix everything. That's what we want to do. We want to fix everything, 
the first step is to stay with it, to stay with it when it becomes uncomfortable. And what's uncomfortable yeah. for me is when white friends of mine, people that I know, it's easier for me to rip on somebody that I don't even know, but I'm not going to rip on my friends. I mean, these are people that I love. These are people that I know. I want to be a teacher. We talked about that in the first uh, episode. We're not here to rip on anyone. We're not here to be on a right. soapbox. I'm here to be humble. I want to hear the other side of things. I think often we do get knee-jerk responses, both from, uh, if you want to call it, the Black Lives Matter side, and both from the, who knows what you want to call it, I don't know, what it's, the Donald <laughs> Trump side or the, the, the side that's always, always taking the side against the black guy that was shot, right? But you, you have these two quick sides, and I think we have to transcend both of those sides. Yeah. So, uh, but we have to persevere. So uh, that's my call yeah. uh, to white listeners that this is uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable for me to disagree with you. So I love you. If you disagree with me, I love you still. You're still my friend. I don't enjoy this. I don't enjoy disagreeing with you. Yeah. So I, I just feel like that's helpful for me to say. Yeah, I, I agree with that 100%, man. It 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 is that is a great part of the privilege i've heard that i've heard that from white friends and i and that was my exact response dude i can't even in church tyler i don't mean to interrupt you I just, i've heard it from i've heard it from white pastors that i know and love can we just not talk about this my temptation and and look i i say this with like with humility i really do because you're not like sinful okay if you if you're a white pastor pastoring a white church you're not but you you don't you're not you don't have to deal with these issues, right? You don't have to talk mm -hmm. about um, privilege. You don't have to talk about oppression because you're not trying to become a multi ethnic church like we are. And so, in doing that, I'm telling you, I'm so tempted to leave my church and to go work at a white church because I wouldn't have to talk about these issues. And I say that yeah. with humility. I'm not saying that in any sort of dogmatic sort of way. But the temptation is just go. You know, preach the gospel the, the 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 way the white evangelical church is used to hearing it, and, and you don't have to deal with actual biblical Jew Gentile <laughs> how to be in community together and how do you have church where the oppressed and the oppressor are together. But man, it's 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 challenging, and so um, yeah, let's yeah I I, I should. I'm 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 saying it on the record. I'm not going to leave. I'm going to stay with it, but it is. It's, yeah, I man, can imagine, man. It's painful, man. And but but the thing is, it's not even near the pain that a person of color has to feel every day because you can't get away from it. You have to yeah. I just have to watch the video. You have to be in the video. I mean, you're the one yeah. in the video. So Yeah. Man, I get fired yeah, up and I get emotional and it's just <laughs> it's heavy, man. It is heavy stuff. I mean, yeah, that kind of leads me to kind of where what I decided to write, I was just watching the whole Starbucks thing unfold. Happened a couple of weeks ago. Two black guys were arrested um, just for waiting. They literally they walked in at five uh, four thirty five, and the police were called at four thirty seven. They were there two minutes, and police officers were called um, because they were quote loitering. Um, but what what kind of um, encouraged me in a way? And great again, I don't agree with everything that Starbucks did. But the reaction that I saw from Starbucks, um, I wrote a blog called um, The Unlikely Teacher, and it was how we could learn a lot from Starbucks. Uh, we could learn a lot uh, from how Starbucks, the church rather, uh, to be more yeah. specific, we could learn how, learn how uh, the leader was, um, the leader of Starbucks, the CEO, came out and spoke swiftly. 
he sought restitution. He wanted to meet with the people. He said, I want to meet with the people. I want to spend time in the community so I can see uh, how we can fix this. They're doing a training. They're closing all 8,000 Starbucks stores and all 175,000 Starbucks employees are going to go through a racial bias training. You know, just they're making steps, they're owning it. And again, I'm sure I'm sure much of it was to save faith, uh, to save public faith. But um, yeah, that that response encouraged me. And I was like, man, what if what if, what if the Church of Jesus Christ um, took a similar approach? What if white pastors spoke swiftly and um, said this is not acceptable? You know, he kept saying that this is reprehensible. This is not acceptable. Instead of things like, well, let's get all the facts. Well, you don't know. No, he, he said, hey, I saw this. This is wrong. This is not the culture that we want to have at Starbucks. Uh, and he spoke against it. And uh, there was restitution. That person was fired. You know, he sought restitution and reconciliation uh, with the men that were arrested. Um, and I also kind of shared an experience um, that I had july of 2000 uh last year july 2017 where i was wrongfully uh handcuffed had my car told uh repossessed uh because they uh, undercover officer said i was trying to uh, purchase marijuana just from simply driving down my street right uh driving down six mile on my way home uh from work so uh, it was the experience and it was an eye-opening experience for me that wasn't that hasn't been the first time i was arrested or cussed doing just for being a, a large black man. Um, but what was the experience? I, I got to see everything on the inside. So now I'm the person with a marijuana charge. I'm the one looking at 45 days of jail. I'm the, like, look, this is like real life. This happened to me last this year. This was recent. Yeah, this was last yeah, year was for you. July of last year. Um, and this wasn't something I wanted to, uh, you know, I didn't want to make it about me and go on Facebook and tell a million people and just make it a big thing. Um, just because it was the pressure. I'm, I'm, I'm leading my church. I'm I'm it's, I'm working with brothers that I'm trying to get uh, jobs who've been incarcerated, and I'm dealing with a 45 day uh, in jail hanging over my head, losing my losing my job, losing everything uh, because two white uh, cops saw me and said he's black, pull yeah. him over. So he was right. trying to buy weed. No money was exchanged, no marijuana was found, no tape, no witnesses, no nothing, um, and it cost me about three thousand dollars. I had to get a lawyer. They put a warrant out on my arrest. Because they sent me paperwork, uh, they sent me something for a court case uh, that I never received. They said they sent it. I still haven't seen anything. So it was just, it was just dealing with all of this um, injustice, dealing with all of these things. Um, it, it gave me a greater. Um, uh, a gr and, it, and it's funny. It showed me my privilege. I have privileges as a 35 year old black man that has a job. I have privileges that a 20, 19, 20 year old black man doesn't have. Mm -hmm. I know friends who was able to get me a lawyer pro bono. Yeah. So I, I was able to go down there with a lawyer. Again, that's that's how privilege works. I had privilege. I I, I said, hey, uh, hey, bro, you know, oh, you know, a lawyer. OK, get him. And, you know, while other guys was down there with no lawyers, no legal representation or the state defender or, or the public defender. Right. So it was just an eye opening experience of just how 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 corrupt the system is that a person can their my freedom literally my i was looking at 40 ma maximum no minimum 45 days in jail found guilty um how corrupt the system can be yeah and and, and this is and the reason i shared that story was to, sh to share that 
You know, and I talked about what happened to the man, the young man in Rochester Hills and uh, Stefan Clark shot dead in his uh, grandmother's backyard in, in late March. Just, these aren't isolated incidents. We keep saying these are isolated incidents and we, let's wait for the facts. This is no, this is there's no such thing as isolated events over the last 150 years since blacks have been free. Mm -hmm. It's not isolated events anymore. It's reality. Right. Uh, blacks are policed and treated differently predominantly black men so uh yeah the whole yeah you can go on my uh go on my blog and check it out but yeah it was it was uh i was actually encouraged again i don't agree with everything how starbucks handled it but they did something i don't know why you said this would be 10 minutes that that strike that from the record you need to you need to <laughs> repent of that lie here hey you to, took four minutes of that at the <laughs> to our listeners <laughs> there's a lot there's a lot with this man there's there's a lot and here's what it is i'm always when I see these stories, I'm always interested in the, the white reaction. And uh, okay, so two things. There's this this friend of mine posted some some things, and, and basically it's it's like wait wait to hear the facts, and when and when That's you the same old story, right? Yeah. And so when you hear the facts, then you'll know that like this person really was guilty and often what what you'll find in these shootings is when you hear the facts that like so and so was really committing a crime so they deserve to get shot and killed right or whatever like that's that's kind of what you hear when you when you hear the facts but the thing is in and he even posted uh this was with the uh Desmond Morrow incident posted statistics of that uh, pol uh, it was a uh, police. Let me find it here. Police. I have it open. Um, the science of justice from policingequity.org. dot Research done on statistics of race and stuff like that. And it, and, it, and it basically said, you know, more more white people are killed by police officers than than black people are killed. And it was like, here, look, this is proof that. And again, I'm being humble about this and saying, like, does he does he does he realize black white people out number black well, people by four to five times let, no, well this this was like median and mean and average and per capita that sort of thing yeah, but okay. but but the thing about it is this that the the point being made and this is just so often what happens with these it's just it's like knee jerk to the left or knee jerk to the right the argument is not necessarily the total amount of black or white people that are killed by police officers what we are talking about in as far as I can remember, every single one of these police brutality cases is unarmed black men. So okay. these are so in those statistics. Sure, if someone's walking around with a gun and they are a threat and they they might get gunned down by the police, we are talking about unarmed black men that are getting gunned down, or okay. in Desmond Morrow's case, beat up because they're seen as a, a violent threat. Not, not just a violent threat, but a lethal threat because right. of their skin color. Like when a police officer sees someone who's black in these cases that I see Tyler and, and the, the hair on my arm raises and the hair on my neck raises and I get scared, he's a threat. But if I saw someone that looked like me, you know, it, it wouldn't be. So the, the point isn't these some of these statistics even. It's not the total amount of people killed. Could you find statistics of the total amount of unarmed people killed? I'm not sure if that statistics out there. If it is, I'd oh, love to yeah. see it. I'm sure but, it's not. But that's that's what we're talking about. In every yeah. one of these cases, you have even and here's the thing. 
even if they committed a crime, arrest them. Don't kill them, right? Like, uh, arrest them. Don't beat the crap out of them. Crap, right? Uh, Like they did Desmond Morrow. And to your point, and I saw this meme going on Facebook. um, How was the man, um, how was Dylan Roof able to be? Oh, snap, man. That guy. How how, how, how was he able to be? Escorted out with a bulletproof vest on. How how was the young man who just shot up ah uh, um ah brain hiccup? Is it Austin? It was just recent, huh? You talking about Austin, Texas? It was just a young white guy who just uh, just recently who killed the, the Waffle House. Yes. How 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 was Waffle House uh, guy Dylan Roof, my man who shot up the uh, Batman movie a few years ago? All, all the, how are they able to be arrested? And they and you have and you have knowledge that they have killed multiple. How are they able to be apprehended and brought to justice while Stefan Clark in his grandmother's backyard, uh, uh, Desmond Morrow is beaten because they thought he had they thought he had a gun, which was a cell phone. Alton Sterling, Philando Castile. I can go on and on. Tamir Rice with a toy gun, shot killed. How, 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 how is this? Remember how the did, guy how you... we did on the Chopping It Up podcast? I forget the city it was in, but it was a mentally ill guy, and he had a Shot va- in front of his wife. He had a vape. No, that guy's different. That, that was the guy in front of oh, his wife in the car, yeah. and, the, and the wife was saying on video, don't shoot him, don't shoot him, don't shoot him. He has a mental um, you know, disability. Yeah. This, now I'm talking about the guy it was like a Burger King drive through or something like that. Yeah. And they picked it up on a, a security yeah. camera, and he had a vape, which is a cigarette smoking device. And he was waving it around, and the guy, the cops just gunned him down in cold blood. I mean, it was just, you know. And so those are the situations that we're that we're getting at. So let me bring that and, back. And oh, go ahead and finish your thought. I, I, I want to bring it back to Starbucks. Yeah, I, and I was going to bring it back full circle to total depravity. Okay. Yeah. How? How? how and it, it blows my mind. People who, and again, I'm I'm reformed. I, I'm reformed as they come. You know, I was tempted to get a, a tulip on my forehead. Um, but how, how do people who <laughs> you look hardcore, like you would look like, like Gucci man, Gucci man, Gucci man got the ice cream. I'm going to get a tulip on the side. You would look like one of those WWE wrestlers from I like the nineties, man. You know, they had like, if I, if I, if I raise, if I raise enough financial support, I'll get a tulip on the side. Right, but, um, how do, how do Christians who say they believe in total depravity don't believe it stretches to the people inside the systems? How, how, how did how did the how did total depravity in the fall skip police officers and the military people that we give so much credit to and give so much benefit of the doubt? They're not falling. The government as well. Yeah. You know they're not falling. Right, and we're not. They're say, not depraved. And that's the thing about total depravity. It's it's we're all in the same boat, right? But so it's, yeah, it's not like you and I are saying we're not falling. We're saying don't act like they're not falling. Don't yeah. just because they're the ones that you you know you know that sort of thing. I've, so, bro, I, I've literally I've literally feared for my life. No exaggeration. Um, I've literally feared for my life because I saw fear in police officers' eyes. I that that's something that I felt. I'm afraid because he's terrified. Because yeah. he asked me to get out the car, yeah. and he doesn't realize I'm six three. And back then, I was almost three three hundred. Yeah. So now he now he's taking it back. Now he's putting his hand on his pistol because he didn't realize I'm huge, dude. So I now just, he's afraid. I just listened to um, 
I just started a new audio book. Um, in the forward of it is by Brian Stevenson, who a lot of people know that name. Brian Stevenson is a black Christian lawyer who is just doing amazing um, justice and reconciliation work. So he wrote mm-hmm. the forward, and he's talking about being a young lawyer, and he's black, obviously, and he's wearing jeans and a you know t-shirt, and he just got back from work, and he was sitting in his Honda Civic listening to music. He's sitting outside of where he lives, just kind of decompressing from the day. Somebody called the police on him. An officer pulled up on him. And when Brian uh, got out of the car to just show him, like, look, um, he put his hands up, you know, I'm unarmed, um, all this kind of thing. The officer leveled a gun at his head and said, you know, I could I think he if I remember right from the forward, he said something like I can I'll blow your head off. I'm going to blow your head off. And literally, Brian did was sitting in his own car outside of his own home, listening to music, just with his sunglasses on relaxing after the day was over and he almost Bro, got ki- got killed and so we have this idea that oh that only happens to you know and thugs thugs is a very racist word uh, now as well and we say those sort of things it's like no this happens this happens to christian lawyers yeah. christian yeah. pastors christian professors you don't have to be christian but i i just mean people that are you can people that have got it all going on you've got it all together and this is still happening regularly yeah yeah so with with starbucks the point that my friend was making and 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 the part i agree with my friend on is yes we we do need to wait to like get the facts and and before you rush to judgment sure we need to do that but at the same time you also can't believe like these same websites that every time one of these happens, they say, here's the facts. How, how do you know that those are the facts? Do you, were, were you there? And, and so what I mean is this, he yeah. wrote a couple of things I'd like to just interact with. Um, and one of the men asked to use the restroom immediately after entering and was told it was only for paying customers. Since he declined <laughs> to order something at the moment, he was denied access to the restroom. And this is, I, there's a, there's a video that, um, uh, it's on Philadelphia 6. It's uh, it's 6abc.com. And there's a video that someone took of their cell phone. And you can see from the um, the video that this is one of those like city Starbucks where you have to go in and get a code for the restroom, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so it makes sense you have to go to the counter to get the code for the restroom, okay? So the point that he was making was, these guys were breaking the rules, right, of Starbucks where they weren't paying customers. Meanwhile, they what they were doing is they were waiting for a friend, you know. And so one side of the story, you could take it out of context and say, well, they were breaking this rule and they weren't allowed to use the bathroom because they weren't paying customers. And then they were asked to leave because they weren't paying customers and they were waiting for their friend to come, right? And so... Uh, there's another side of this, and you can go to. Um, I may try to. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to try to play this video, and if the audio doesn't come out well, I will. I will. Uh, I, I'll just cut it out. But what this video is, it's of a cell phone footage of the actual arrest. And what's what's I think is kind of cool is there's this white guy, who's in the video, and he's like pleading with the officers, and he's you can kind of hear him, and he's saying basically tell me why they're being arrested they're just Mm -hmm. sitting here tell me why they're being arrested and then um what you find in this actual article from 6abc.com 
is there's this witness. Her name's Lauren. He a she asked that her name not be used. Sh and by the way, I got this link. Uh, shout out to Andre Henry at Andre Henry at Andre Henry on Twitter. He wrote an article for Relevant Magazine about this story, mm -hmm. and, and he's the one that linked to this uh, to this ABC. Uh, article. So thank you for that link, Andre. So Lauren, who's the eyewitness who shot this footage I'm about to, sh to play, says, um, uh, this is what she says. Two, the two young men politely asked why they were being told to leave and were not given a reason other than the manager uh, wanted them to leave. Uh, that she says the, uh, the, the, the friend of the men... What she, let me see. At this point, I'll just read it. At, th at this point, she said several officers began to move tables and chairs around the two men and uh, take them into custody. The men told the officer they were waiting for a friend to arrive and offered to call that friend to prove that they had legitimate business at the restaurant, she said. Uh, the friend for whom the men were waiting then arrived and attempted to intervene. The police told him the men were not paying customers and thus were trespassing. Lauren, wow. Lauren recalled. So maybe Lauren <laughs> is just a big liar. I don't know. But she was there, and she's white, and I don't know why she would lie about this. Like, she was on the scene. Uh, mm. So the two men stayed calm, did not raise their voices. Everyone else in the Starbucks, however, was appalled. And that's what you'll kind of hear in the video. Here's mm -hmm. the key part. This is really, 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 really important. Um, because... It says, Lauren said another woman entered, had entered the Starbucks minutes before the men were arrested, was given the bathroom code without having to buy anything. And then mm. another person in the restaurant at the time of the incident, quote, announced that she had been sitting at Starbucks for the past couple hours without buying anything. Now, that is <laughs> the key. That's why the, 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 the argument that my friend posted really, it's only one side of the coin and it's an incomplete picture. Um, and the... Uh, Tyler, should we play that video I sent you of the black guy from Turning Point USA who was like, I'm never going to – I'm boycotting Starbucks forever. Yeah. This is the dumbest thing ever, right? You, you Bless his heart. I, Bless his heart. And, and what he was saying <laughs> is the same – it was this black guy who's wearing a Trump T-shirt. And, um, <laughs> and look – let me say this for the record. Like, we are not bashing Republican Party whatsoever. No, not but at all. There is something cultural that happened when Trump became president where it and, – and, and so um, in this video with the guy from Turning Point USA who is black, and I looked up – I don't even know what that was, but it, Turning Point USA is an American conservative right-wing nonprofit organization whose stated mission is to educate students about true free market value – and that this is that's from Wikipedia. Um, I think places like Turning Point USA are often where I don't know much about them. I've never read their stuff. But also on Wikipedia, it says under racist allegations. Check this out. Uh, <laughs> there's uh, text messages sent by Crystal Clanton, who was a leading figure in the organization. And she served in the group's national field director for five years to another Turning Point employee saying, quote, I hate black people. Like, well, there's that. Like, F-U-C-K them all. I hate blacks, end of story, unquote. And, you know, the Turning Point people, they, they it looks like they, they went on, it, took, it says decisive action within 72 okay. hours. I don't know what that meant. But in this, the founder's book, the founder is Char Charlie Kirk. In his book, he praised Clanton saying she had been, quote, the best hire we ever could have made. Hey. And that Turning Point needs more crystals 
so does America, right? So this is a little bit of background, right, about this organization that are putting out some of these, like, facts. And so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to play our friend. And I found this from another friend of mine who, who just posted this. He decided that it was worthy to post this as a white friend on his Facebook page, uh, which is a black guy. And I think a lot of white folks think if they, f if they find one black person who can back up sort of this incomplete picture of race, sort of the white view of things, then therefore their view is correct. And so that's what I'm going to play here. So before I play this video, can you give some of the history behind why black there's black individuals who will go to a white source like Turning Point USA and they'll kind of take the side of the, the historically we could say the white oppressor. Um, mm -hmm. I, 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 you said it's called, we've used to call them Uncle Toms. I don't know if that's a... No, I'm not used to. A, a word I'm, <laughs> I'm allowed to say. What, what is the history of that and, and why do people do that and where did that phrase come from if you know those things off the top of your head? So... Um, a person who will be considered or called an uncle, and this has actually been discussion about this lately, because there are there are prominent black pastors um, who have begun to label other pastors as Uncle Toms. Another one is Coons and whatnot. Um, they'll begin. They'll label other, and I'm not. You know, I'm not going that route. Um, they'll begin to label other pastors and other black Christians as Uncle Toms and Coons and whatnot, as because. The, the whole premise is you go out of your way to uh, ally, uh, align with, uh, defend the white oppressor. Uncle Tom was, was, was the one with the slave masters was there. You know, we, you know, I, I sure love you, master. <laughs> they, mm -hmm. they love the master and they love the master's family more than they love their own people. Um, so, I mean, in, in, in similar news, that's why a lot of people have, uh, have just totally thrown Kanye West uh, off sure. the boat, sure, because of his 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 Trump commentary and his defense of Donald Trump, and, and he's been labeled Uncle Tom and Coon and whatnot. Yeah, because it's it's this sense that instead of speaking for your people, and instead of instead of speaking on behalf, using your power like a Kanye West or someone on the platform, you know, Tiger Woods got this label, you know, OJ, you know, Colin Powell back in the day. Instead mm -hmm. of using your power, your position, and your prominence to promote the uh, people in your community to promote and for the welfare and the benefit of black and brown people who are under oppression and uh, prejudice you use it to elevate yourself and uh, ally and defend mm -hmm. the one who has uh, inflicted harm on so many so yeah all right this is oh I, he actually has a name here turning points this is Tur <clears throat> Turning Point USA's new director of urban engagement, Brandon Tatum, destroys Starbucks CEO uh, for being overly sensitive. So this guy, so Turning Point is hiring <laughs> black folks to say now these sorts of things. So let me let me play this video. Will I be able to hear it? Uh, you won't, but uh, you, it's the one you heard before. So uh, you may want to, you can pull it up on your own and listen to it if you want ever again i don't care if they gave me free coffee for the rest of my i will never shop at starbucks ever again i don't care if they gave me free coffee for the rest of my life 
free lattes for the rest of my life. I will never shop at Starbucks again. Starbucks CEO and the shenanigans that they're pulling lately talking about they're going to close down stores for racial bias. This is literally an indictment on white people. I don't know the person who called 911. I don't know the manager of Starbucks. Never met her. Haven't heard a word from her. I'm assuming that she's a good person. I've never met the two guys who were arrested, never seen them, never talked to them, never heard anything to the contrary of them being decent, regular people. You know, in an impartial manner, all you see is the facts. The facts is, is that this Starbucks had rules and regulations that they did not want to abide by. The police asked them, either pay or leave. They say, well, we're not going to leave, so take us to jail. So the police officer, after three reasonable requests, they ended up putting them in custom and, and, and arresting them. Like, I don't know what part of that sounds racist to you. I, all I can see is formalities. This particular place have been consistent with their rules. That a police officer went in there to use the restroom and they say, well, we, we don't allow people who aren't paying customers to use the restroom. To a police officer for the Philadelphia Police Department. So by every measure of what I've seen and what I know as a as a conscious human being, this has nothing to do with racism. The commissioner alluded to the fact that it had nothing to do with racism. Everybody with common sense knows this has nothing to do with racism. But the CEO has to be a social justice warrior. I will never support a company who is dedicated to disenfranchising a group of people, and this situation is white people, and then victimizing, perpetuating the victim mentality for another group of people who is the black people in this situation. I have zero respect for the CEO. If I've seen him face to face, I'll call him a coward. He won't stand up for his own employees in the face of political correctness. These gentlemen broke the rules and they refused to do what they were told to do. And so the natural course of action happened. When the police come, how about you follow the law? I just, I can't, I can't stand it. I can't stand it. My blood is boiling. I can feel veins popping out of my neck right now. This is the stupidest thing that I've heard in 2018. Anybody working for Starbucks need to quit and go work for a better organization where the CEO care more about the people than care about two thugs who decide to go in a place and break the rules and break the law and go to jail and get arrested. I don't need to say no more. I'm about to lose my mind. I'm going to get off here. I'm out. Y'all heard what I had to say. Tell me what you think. Wow. So, hearing that again, <laughs> I mean, knowing, so so this guy, uh, Brandon Tatum, he, he wasn't there, but he is speaking very authoritatively about what happened. In fact, I thought it was interesting. He said... <laughs> He's like, a police officer came in there and wanted to use the restroom, and they told the police officer of the Philadelphia Police Department, no, you, you can't lose the restroom because you're not a paying customer. First of all, let me say, how would you know that if you weren't there? <laughs> Secondly, you tell me one establishment on earth, <laughs> who's going to tell a police officer, Get no, up, you gosh. can't use our restroom. Okay, so that's a, yeah, that's a little bit stretching it, but you go back Come to... Come on, fam. Come on. And then he calls the two black guys thugs because they were sitting in Starbucks. Again, when the eyewitness, ABC6 report of the eyewitness saying, in this very same incident, just before this, a white woman came in asked to use the restroom she was allowed to use it without paying 
And then the lady in the place stood up and said, uh, I've been sitting here and hadn't bought anything and I didn't get arrested. So she must be a thug too, the white woman yeah. who didn't get arrested because yeah. they all broke the law, didn't they? There, uh, Tatum? Bro, I, I'm... I'm Mr. I'm not gonna say much. Yeah, because whatever I say, <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna punt on this one a lot because I don't want to. Yeah. Well, let me mm -hmm. play. Let me play this video, <laughs> and and uh, it's only a minute long, and then we'll wrap up. This this video is of the cell phone footage from Lauren, uh, and and you'll but, see. Go ahead. Let me just say this. Let me just say it super quick. This is the problem. This is the problem with where we live. You can where 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 we're at right now in our you can find anybody to agree with you. See? Yeah. So now this black man because he's a black man now he is speaking authoritatively. White people see this and they're like, oh, see? Well, and they, and they post that and they like that. Um, and and they use the phrase they use coded language. Uh, it's the same. It's the same dog whistle uh, racism that Trump used during his campaign. What does the word dog whistle mean when you use it in that context, just so people can know what you're talking about? When so it's something that you, you it's something that you're saying, and you're speaking to speak you're speaking to specific people, and you're saying something like you know um, you know you're using the word thugs, and that's a and it's, it's basically saying the n word, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's basically calling black men the the n word, um, but it's just it's it's coded language. When you say thug, you're not. You're, you're saying you're you're referring to people who call the people criminals who have not been proven guilty of a crime. Right. Right. You know, right. it's just it's, yeah. it's coded language. You're speaking to specific people and, and you get the silent knowledge. Y'all know exactly what you're saying. Now they're paying this guy to say scripted things. That's the other thing. This isn't just some guy in his living room on his cell phone. This guy is on staff. He's their urban engagement coordinator or whatever his title was. He's being paid probably a good salary to say scripted things. That's scary. Yeah. That's that's scary, right? So here's the cell phone footage. It's about a minute long, and uh, we'll then I'll, I, the parts. If there's any part of it you can't hear that well, I will. I'll tell you what was said. What did they get called for? What did they get called for? They were sitting near me. What did they do? What did they do? Tell me what they did. What did they do? The woman says they didn't do anything. He says, what did they do? So what I was saying as it played was what this white man in the video was saying to the officer and then what a white woman was saying in the background to answer his question saying they didn't do anything they were just sitting there and he said the officer they were just sitting near me they didn't do anything and so again the, the point here is not well first of all they broke a store policy and they got the police called on them that doesn't happen every day <laughs> i broke Come on, bro for real, I, for real. i've broken a lot of store policies right uh but but more than that sure okay you break a store policy no like you get the police called on you i get it you're a business owner Someone's loitering. They're not buying anything. Um, I, I don't know how long they were sitting there for, uh, but they're, they're waiting on a friend. I've certainly waited on friends before, and I'm not going to buy something if I know my friend's buying when he shows up, right? 
but the point of this is that the store policy was not equally enforced. They shouldn't have let yeah. the white woman use the bathroom. And the other white woman who was sitting there who stood up and said, I've been sitting here and didn't buy anything, and I'm still, I've been here for hours. She should have also been arrested. So right. that, that is the point. The point is not that the policy was broken. The point is that this is unequal treatment. And the, I, I don't, we've got to be able to, um, I guess, even to those who are on the Turning Point USA side of things, like you've, got, you've, you've got to help us see how what I just said is wrong. I mean, yeah, yeah it, it's, and that's a perfect, that whole scenario is a perfect, mi- two things, and, and, and then I'm going to shut up. That whole situation is a perfect microcosm of how, of how the legal system has always been in this country. Yes. You know what I'm saying? There, there's either been two totally different sets of rules during Jim Crow, or there has been rules that have not, that are not equally enforced. Bro, bro, Eric Garner got killed for selling illegal cigarettes. Okay, he got yeah. Come killed. to find out, he wasn't even selling them that day. Well, you know, it, the point is, people do stuff like that all the time. They don't get killed for it. If you want to write Every them, time, write they them don't. A, they sell them at they sell them at the gas stations that that are owned by the Chaldeans in Detroit. Right. They should close all these gas stations and shut them down. Yeah, it's just the rules have never been equally enforced. You know, black men are get four to five times the uh, and I'll and I'll and I'll find the links. Does anybody want to be on fact? I'll find I'll find the links into you. Uh, They they receive uh, four to five times harsher sentences than white men by committing the same crimes. The laws, the, the laws have never equally been enforced. So that, that whole scenario is a perfect microcosm of how our country views, the, uh, views race and uh, justice and, and the legal system. A good resource is the documentary 13th, and it's really, oh, a, my goodness. It's really a, a must watch. And it's a hard watch, too. It, it is a hard watch, but it talks about the, the facts behind when a white person was arrested with this much cocaine this is the sentence that they got and when a black person was arrested with this much crack this is the sentence that they got and i don't remember the statistic but it was light years i mean it was years upon years upon years more for the black person than it was the slap on the wrist uh for white people and there's a whole it's again it's we're not saying like like uh, Tatum was, guy was saying in his video. Just don't break the law. Follow the law. Like, okay, the point is being equitable with the law in this situation, right? It's it's saying that if uh, if a black person is sitting in Starbucks and gets arrested, so should the white lady. She should have gotten arrested as well. But there's a reason only the black guy got arrested. There, there's a reason behind that. There's a reason the white lady could go in and go out and, and be able to use the bathroom and not buy anything. And that's racism. There's, I, I don't see how someone can say you know, that that isn't racism. So, so my hope truly to my friend, I love you, and um, friends, uh, that the other one that posted the video, but my hope is if you're listening that, that you can you can see what we're talking about and, and see, oh, yeah, I, I get it now. Like, I, I get um, the punishment didn't fit the crime, but also that, man, like, two other people did the exact same thing and nothing happened to them, and that is racism. Yeah, and and my last thing is shouts to those uh, white people in the video. Yeah, we man. need to see more of that. To the police. I mean, this guy, if you watch that video, yeah. go, just go to 6ABC. 
Philadelphia.com, Philadelphia. You should be able to find it. The guy is like almost up in the police's face. I'm telling you, if that was a black guy doing that, he would have got taken to the yeah, ground. Bro. He would have. He would have got taken to the ground. I've seen it done Listen. for less. The officer would have taken Listen, him to the ground and said, I was in- you're being disrespectful, sir. Bam. Take him to the ground. Man, if you, if that was me, if I was in that Starbucks, man, I'd put my headphones on and turn my back so quick. Oh, the brothers would have got arrested. <laughs> the brothers, and then white them guy, were, the white guy saying, "What did you do wrong?" He's standing up. He's saying they were right next to me. They didn't do anything wrong. Tell me why you're arresting them. Oh man, man yeah, I'd props I'd, to I'd, him. I'd, I'd, I'd have said a prayer for those. I'd have said a prayer for those brothers to turn my back. Like man, that's messed up. <laughs> let me not fool these police officers. Don't, don't let them see me over here. <laughs> Man. All right. So this is the longest podcast episode ever on the face of the earth. So we'd love to hear from you. Did you like it? I've seen longer. Did you, <laughs> did you like it? Tell us at, at BW Theology on Twitter or you can email us black what is that? No, I'm sorry. BWTheology at gmail.com. We want to hear from you for our next mailbag segment, topics you'd like to hear in the future, your agreements, your disagreements with what we said. If you like a super long episode or if you'd like us to break it down and maybe just do one topic per episode, we'd like to hear that from you. Shout out to James Garden for the beats. Check him out wherever you can stream music. James Garden music is awesome. Tyler, got any parting words? Um, enjoy the warm weather. If you're in Michigan, Woo. we finally have spring. So thank you, Jesus, for that. And, uh, yeah, that's it. That's it, man. I got to work on my, my tagline. Nobody sent in a tagline for us, so we don't have one still. Uh, so yeah. still waiting on that in the mailbag segment. Please keep your uh, emails about Tyler's physical appearance uh, to yourself. And we will see you in two weeks. We're going to be doing this every other Tuesday morning, we hope. Uh, So subscribe. You can find us on Google Play and at iTunes. And we'll talk in two weeks about black, about white, about theology. Just two black guys hanging out for an hour and a half. That's not accurate. That's fake news.